You are listening to Ola Fida the podcast, and I'm your host Fida. Please fasten your seatbelt and enjoy the flight. Today we will discuss the topic of solo traveling as a female. Um, I think I've only started doing this in twenty seventeen. I guess twenty seven. Yeah, around twenty seventeen. Uh, it's not because I don't have any friends I want to travel with, but I think it's the most convenient way for me to go on a vacation whenever I want without the hassle of asking people like, "Are you free? Are you available?" and of course, uh, compromising to meet their dates. I would want to go when I want to go. And I think that's my favorite way of exploring the world, actually. Like, um, I think how I started, like, um, I- in the first place, I really need to be confident to travel on my own. I've always traveled with friends, with family, mostly friends. So what I did was I actually went back to a city that I have visited before, uh, pro- Preferably somewhere I've been many times. Not to get familiar with the city. I already know the city. But it's pretty important for you to be able to be by yourself. I think that's the most important thing. Like being confident to be by yourself for a while. Like I think I only did it for like five days. But imagine going on a two week or three week trip. You will need. To be able to be comfortable to be by yourself for that long, I mean the downside is sometimes you miss um, having conversation with people, discussing with uh, your friends. Like, uh, should we eat this? Should we eat that? And the most annoying thing I feel traveling alone is when it comes to food. Like because I'm alone, I cannot eat that much uh, in terms of a variety of dishes that I want to try. Like for example, I was in. Uh, Camden in London and there was so many street food that I wanted to try but I only managed to go to one store I remember it was mac and cheese like really yummy mac and cheese and right after that it's like I'm done I'm full I can't eat anything else but there's so much more that I could try imagine if I go with another three more friends like they each could buy something different and we could sample each other's um uh, you know, food that we just purchased. That's the downside. Even in um, Spain, um, I'm I, I'm crazy about paella. I love paella, and some restaurants, the good ones especially, they will not serve it to you if it's not okay. They only serve minimum two packs. So if you go alone, they will just say no. We can't serve it to you, like straight up no. Even though if you want to pay like full price, they will still say no. Is for two percent minimum. So, yeah, that's the weird thing, I guess. And also, if you are in a hotel, sometimes they surcharge you a little bit more because you are alone for some weird reason. There are hotels that do that. And uh, if you are in a hostel, and usually as a female, I would prefer to have an all-female dorm. If you notice, it costs a bit more as compared to a mixed dorm I don't know why like why am I being charged more to feel safer when I sleep I think that's just uh, weird to me if there are hostels out there that are doing this I mean please reconsider or at least give us additional amenities that you can't find in a mixed dorm to make it 
to to justify the extra money that we are paying for it's just odd sometimes and the upside to traveling solo i feel is um the freedom that's the one thing that i enjoy the most the freedom like i can wake up one day and go like uh maybe i'll go for a late breakfast or maybe i'll just skip breakfast without offending anyone and i can decide where i want to go um like on 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 the spot like i don't have to follow an itinerary maybe i do have an itinerary in my head and it's my itinerary i know where i want to go when i want to go i don't have to compromise with anybody and i feel by traveling alone is much easier for me to meet people like when i'm at a bar people will see that i'm by myself they will just pull up a chair and just say hi have a conversation which i think i can't achieve if i'm with a friend i will have a conversation with a friend friends and i mean people won't approach me because i'm not alone i'm not lonely i guess so yeah so i guess uh i would say moving forward do i still want to travel with friends yes i do i'm not saying like 100% no i won't do it but preferably uh I would prefer to travel on my own. And pro- maybe one day I get someone on this show to talk about what is it like to travel with me. I think it will be quite interesting to get feedback like because I'm so used to traveling alone, it, I could be acting a little bit weird when I'm with someone. So, we'll see. I try and get them on the show someday. And if you are interested to travel solo and you have never done it before, my advice is yeah uh travel to a city that you're very familiar with by yourself for maybe 3 or 5 days and see how you feel about it if you feel lonely you have your phone you have a uh, wifi some restaurants they even give free wifi talk to your friends do a video call you know feel that lonely i guess probably if you are attached you have a a partner that might be a little bit difficult because you will miss that intimacy that you have with that person but other than that i think uh i would highly recommend you try traveling solo at least once but if you are a seasoned solo traveler i would like to hear from you so slide me a dm um on my instagram instagram account at @olafida i would love to hear from you i would love to Hear your experience traveling on your own. Anything exciting? Anything that uh, uh, that newbies would like to know, like um, traveling tips, advice, safety. Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you guys. On the show today, I will have a fellow friend of mine. She is also a solo traveler, and I'm excited to hear from her, to hear her stories, and. We hope you enjoy the show today. Hola Fida. Hola Ivon. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Como estas? Todos bien, todos bien. Um So we Spanish. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm quite impressed. It's okay along the way you can learn more. Oh, I'll be good. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh so my name is Ivan. I'm originally from 
I was born in Penang and I grew up mostly in Malaysia and moved to Singapore about, I think right now should be about 10 years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I'm, I'm almost Singaporean right now. <laughs> Ten, 10 years, that's all it takes to be a Singaporean? <laughs> well, you have to apply to become a citizen, but I think more or less I'm there. <laughs> I've gotten very comfortable living here. It's so convenient. Mm, okay, I have no comment, but yeah. So maybe <laughs> uh, tell, tell us a little bit more about your traveling style. Uh, so when I travel, I like to travel solo. I like to mm. pick places that are not city. I'm, I'm not much of a city person. Uh, I do like to go further out into the countryside and do a lot of, um, I guess some people would call extreme sports. So oh. I like searching for places to go paragliding. Uh, if I could fly any planes, I would. I mean, I'm I'm not a certified pilot, but I like to fly in a plane or like go for those one one hour sessions where you get to actually control the plane. You but can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done this in um, New Zealand a couple mm. of times. So what? happens is that you ha- you will have a pilot sitting next to you and you get to fly like a very light aircraft usually like a Cessna or something and uh, the pilot would talk you through exactly what to do um, and then you take off and fly and land the plane but um, I think there are some controls that the pilot does help you out with but in general you do get to fly the plane so that's like one of the best experiences otherwise it's for like I would I would search out for any aerobatic uh, experiences so what that means is that um, you get to fly in a stunt plane so oh. yeah so what happens is like for me I think also this was ha- this happened to also be in New Zealand I wanted to go to Canada to try as well but so far it's only been New Zealand um, I got to sit in a 1941 vintage biplane like those with the engines in the front and there's nothing else besides you like you're oh. completely exposed to the elements, you wear goggles, you're strapped in uh, with just like old canvas belts. And then like the pilot sits behind you and he uh-huh. flies the plane and he does like loops and uh, wing overs and stuff like that. So you get to really, you know, experience how it's like to fly in a stunt plane. How high do you get to fly? Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's about 9,000 feet or something like that. don't don't quote me on this my math is really bad (laughs) (laughs) but it's not as high as you would go as uh, skydiving I think skydiving is about 12,000 or 9 to 15,000 feet right something like that something like that I know airplane is like 30,000 yeah but those are commercial airplanes (laughs) the, the ones that I fly on are like you know really really small light aircrafts Ah, so do you say like New Zealand is like the place to go for like all these extreme oh, activities? Definitely. definitely. New Zealand is like the capital of extreme sports. I and mean how is it? Knows, hmm? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I mean everyone knows that you go there for bungee jumping, right? They basically invented the whole bungee jumping experience and then there's a whole lot of other extreme sports that you can do in, in New Zealand. It's definitely one of my favorite places to go because it's beautiful. Mm. And how is it different from Canada? Will it be more extreme? I 
I don't know. So Canada was um, a place that I've been wanting to go. A couple of years back, I was supposed to go to Canada for my friend's uh, wedding, but I broke my ankle. So that trip was cancelled. And I had plans to go this year, but well, COVID mm. <laughs> <really> happened. <laughs> I, I don't know um, how many, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of outdoor sports, but in terms of extreme sports, I'm not that sure. I have found a couple of like flying experiences in Canada, um, so paragliding, but mm. I really, really want to go to like their lakes and like just kayak on their mm. And also, they have an orca experience where you kind of like pedal out to uh, watch orca, pods of orca families. Mm. Um, so that's as close as you can get to them. And just watch like these majestic animals up as up close as possible, like legally possible, because you're not allowed to go very near them unless they come near you. So uh-huh, you can like, uh-huh. sit still, if they come near you, that's fine, but you can't go near them. Just on the pedal board. You're just sitting on the pedal board and you can... Uh, not about kayak. Oh, a kayak. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, so, so I don't generally travel to cities. I don't really go shopping. Um, and it's also because of all these um experiences, like these extreme sports experiences that not many of my friends are all that into. That's why I tend to prefer going on my own, and that way also allows me to meet more people, right? Because you, when you're on your own, mm-hmm. you're, I guess you're kind of forced to interact with other people and that's how you make friends. And I've made, and I'm really happy to say that I've met quite a lot of friends that we're still friends to this day after like, I don't know, I think it's been like what, 10 years at least. Oh, wow. Friends. Yeah. So I met, um, during my first solo trip to Japan, I spent about a month in in central Japan, mm-hmm. and I met two girls, and we're still friends today. So occasionally, um, every other year or so, we'll visit each other. Either in, we meet up in Japan, or we meet wherever we happen to meet Singapore. Or do you, do you meet anywhere else around the the, the world? Um, we've made plans, but it's kind of like fallen through. So, um, one of them lives in Tokyo now permanently. The mm-hmm. other lives in Indonesia. And oh. yeah, because the one who lives in Japan, she's a teacher. She's a preschool teacher. So it's a bit hard for her to uh, travel outside of school holidays. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And if she does travel, she tends to go around Japan or she goes back to Australia. And when she does goes back to Australia, it's usually to spend time with the family. So I've, we've not met uh, anywhere else besides Japan and Singapore. She has visited me in Singapore and so has the other girl. Cool, cool. So can I safely say you are a carry-on kind of girl? What do you mean by carry-on kind of girl? <laughs> <laughs> like without luggage? Like you are never with like check-in luggage when you travel? Mm-hmm. No, because I tend to, when I do travel, I travel for at least two weeks. Um, three weeks? Don't two, you do laundry? <laughs> two to three weeks. I do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I do laundry very often, actually. So I don't, 
I pack about a week's worth of clothes mm-hmm. and then everything else is like maybe different kinds of shoes for different activities. So if I'm going to go hiking or I'm going to go like uh, running or things like that. So I've got at least three pairs of shoes plus flip-flops because sometimes I do stay in like uh, backpackers hot- hotels or things like that where I don't really want to expose my naked feet onto the floor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll but, definitely have flip-flops. But how is it to lug a luggage outside of the city if you are more to like the countryside and the nature side of the, you know, the, the country? Backpack. So I do carry, um, I think, a 55-liter backpack. And ah, okay. I in as a carry-on. So I usually check that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'll have a smaller backpack that I bring up with me onto the plane. Mm. So yeah. how, how do you think that we should explore outside of the city? Like in the city, you have your, your metro, your buses, your Ubers. Like how do we explore outside? Like is that a convenient way to do it? It depends on where you want to go. And of course, I'm not saying don't visit cities. There are lots of beautiful cities with a lot of history and culture. So it really depends on which city that I intend to explore. Uh, For instance, last year, I really wanted to uh, visit Slovenia. And the Mm. nearest two options for the airports that I could uh, pick up was either Munich, which I've been to, or it was Milan in Italy. So Mm. I landed in Milan and I was like, since I'm in Milan, might as well go check it out and more importantly, visit Venice on on the way to Slovenia. So Venice was one of those cities where like you don't go there for extreme sports. You go there for culture, you go there for art, you go there for cuisine. So in Italy, you would definitely have to go on either you walk Mm -hmm. or you take the gondola rides. Um, mm. Slovenia, on the other hand, um, I rented a car and I drove from the city of Ljubljana out to the countryside, um, the Lake Bled region, as well as further up north. Wow. So, it really did. so how easy it is to drive there compared to driving in Singapore or uh, Penang? <laughs> Biggest difference is that in Slovenia, you drive on the left side. Left side. Ah, okay. So, yeah. It's kind of like driving in the US or China, I guess. Did it take you some time to, you know, navigate yourself? Um, It's not my first time driving on the left-hand side. The first time I drove on the left-hand side was when I went to Hawaii. And I had rented a convertible. No. <laughs> make it rain, make high. it rain. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so um luckily for me I had a friend who has uh, been living in America for quite a while um to kind of like look out for me on the right side because when you're driving in Singapore or Penang or Malaysia you you're sitting on the right side so you're not as um, you don't really pay as much attention, I guess. Like your sense of space is mm-hmm. different from when you're driving on the left side. So you might think that, oh, uh, it looks all right. I've got enough space, but you might be clipping a bit too closely to the right-hand side when you're driving on the left. So uh... 
and especially because I, I drove um, in Maui, there's a road called Road to Hana, and it's a very twisty um, drive along the cliffside, and the roads are very narrow. It's oh. literally one lane for each side, and there's no barriers. Oh, wow, that's scary. <laughs> it's a little bit daunting at first, but um, I think that was a very good starting point to get me more used to driving on the left-hand side. So when I got to Slovenia, um, it wasn't so bad. Um, but in Italy, we I took the tra- I took the train instead because driving in Italy would have cost a lot more than taking the train. So you mean as in the rental? Of the car? Yeah, yeah. So I was checking out the prices for rental cars in Italy. Mm-hmm. It as much as like three days rental in Italy costs as much as one whole week in Slovenia. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So then I just took the train in Italy. Um, it can definitely take you out to the countryside because I went over to Lake Como as well from mm. Milan. So it, it depends on where you're going. So where is the best uh, city or, I mean, the countryside that you think is the best, will give you the best driving experience in terms of the view, the road, uh, everything? Ooh. <laughs> I think the first one that pops into my mind would probably be New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Why? New Zealand has like really stunning landscapes. And if you go just before or just after the peak seasons, you have most of the roads to yourself and oh. the drives are just amazing. So you don't really see anyone else along the road and it's just you and like 360 degree views of beautiful nature. Does it distract you from your driving though? A little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no one else around so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think the best thing about driving in New Zealand, you can just stop anywhere and just admire the view. It's amazing. But, but stop with responsibility. You don't just stop in the middle of the road. Go to they, the shoulder. <laughs> they have plenty of curbside. Sometimes it's like a piece of land. You can just, you know, park there and just take a break, enjoy the view. Yeah, yeah they do have proper designated um, lookout points. Mm. But... Um, Believe it or not, when I was flying to New Zealand and I was on Air New Zealand, they mm-hmm. actually have videos reminding you not to stop in the middle of the road or be very vigilant when you drive because there have been cases where um, tourists just stop wherever they like because uh-huh. they want to take pictures and that could be quite a hazard. So yeah, be responsible when you drive. Funny because the only thing I remember is look out for the kiwi birds when you drive. Kiwi birds? Yeah. They only active at night. I keep, I keep seeing that sign everywhere like birds look out for the kiwi birds because they don't want you to accidentally run them over. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently these birds, they are dumb. <laughs> I think they're only active at night and I... I because I tend to travel solo and being a female solo traveler, I tend to not drive at night on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan my drives like early in the morning or like usually during the daytime. Or if, if, if it's at night, then um, usually at least with someone else. Mm, okay. Yeah. Do you usually pick up someone along the way? <laughs> um, I, 
I have, I did quite a bit of that when I was in New Zealand. Um, I did see a lot of people like, you know, hailing for, um, for a ride further down. So I did pick up quite a few people along in New Zealand. Mm. But in my drives in Japan, for instance, there was no one, there was no hitchhikers. Um, in Hawaii, I didn't see any hitchhikers either. Mm-hmm. Not in Slovenia either. And then again, there's not a lot of tourists in Slovenia. Um, mm. Yeah, but a lot in New Zealand. Cool. I've never seen hitchhikers when I was there, but yeah, I guess it, that will make uh, an interesting experience, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I, I do like worry because um, I don't know, watching too many hack, like horror movies <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's like females i i don't hesitate but i and if i see males and if there's quite a few of them sometimes i will just like think twice a little bit like for my own safety not for anything else but i have picked up couples um one guy who seemed to have like injured his leg um quite a, f- a couple of girls yeah <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. So, how are you spending time at home now since you can't go anywhere? Like, how do you keep yourself inspired from your couch? Um, honestly, I'm being at home. I try to focus my energy on what I can do at home. So, I started out with cooking different things that I have always enjoyed or have always been curious about wanting to make. The most recent thing was actually nasi lemak. <laughs> oh, Malaysia's uh, staple Yes. Dish. So I made nasi lemak yesterday. Um, do, you have a, do you have a theme though? Like today I'm going to go Malaysia. So I cook something from Malaysia. The next day I want to go Japan. So I cook something Japanese. So I, I don't cook based on where I feel like traveling to or where I miss <laughs> Because I'm quite a foodie myself. So if I miss eating something and then like, you know, nowadays, even ordering takeout is quite expensive. So I'm like, why should I do that when I can learn something new and eat the food that I like at the same time? So I try and challenge myself to make something that I have always enjoyed eating out, but never quite made it mm-hmm. by, by myself. So I made things like kimchi jjigae, um, sushi, uh, yeah, like different different foods from all over the, the world that I've eaten. I think my next one is I'm, I'm going to try and make it local moko in from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the craziest food that you have tried when you travel? Craziest food that I've tried? Let me have a think. I guess it would have to be fried, all kinds of fried bugs in Thailand. Ew. <laughs> you tried you actually tried yeah this? so um i was at this uh market because i got off mm-hmm. the train and there was like this night market and i saw this stall i was with um a bunch of friends at that time i saw this whole stall with a lot of different kinds of fried bugs and i i'm so curious because i'm the kind of person is like i will try something at least twice to see if i like it or not and if it's a cultural thing, I definitely want to give it a go. So, wait, 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 wait! You try it twice, oh, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. 
because once sometimes once is not enough, right? You might have just gone to a wrong place to have it. So if someone else recommends that, oh, you have to go to this place to try this, and I will still try it again just to see if I like it. <laughs> so I came upon this stall, and they this guy had like all sorts of uh, different insects. He had like ants to um, grasshoppers to water bugs to different kinds of like maggoty looking things. <laughs> Mule. Do you do you try those scorpions? He didn't have any scorpions, unfortunately. But I tried everything on his cart, and he was like so enthusiastic about letting me try because there was no one else. I guess maybe because there was no one else, so he was like, "Oh, try this, try this, try this." He kept putting things onto my hand to try. And all of my friends were so disgusted with me. <laughs> Honestly, no. I, I would recommend trying because they don't really taste of anything. Like, at most, like, even the grasshopper, right? Because it's so fried, all you get is texture. So, uh-huh, okay. yeah, and they, they put it in with a little bit of, I think, some vinegar, a bit of salt, and um, Thai chilies, dried chilies. So you, you just get like that little bit of kick. They don't really taste of anything. It's just a textural thing, in my opinion, anyway. Probably they're doing it to cover the actual taste of the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's it's so deep, right, that you don't really get much of a texture. Honestly, I've said this to my friends before. Um, eating a grasshopper, because it's quite large, right? So you get more texture out of it. To me, mm. I liken it to eating kind of like a french fry. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> Don't ruin French fries for me! Oh my god, they are a legitimate source of protein. Okay, sure. <laughs> I would definitely encourage more about eating. It's better for the environment. How? <laughs> Do you know that in Finland, they are actually grinding up um, insects to make into flour, to, break, to, to bake into bread, so you don't actually see the bodies of the insect. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is why they're trying to get people to eat more insects as a source of protein. Oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. Finland, do you say Finland? Yeah, Finland. I'll be careful when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if I don't ask and I taste it and it tastes like a regular bread, I guess it will you know. taste like a regular bread. I'm I am so sure of it because there's in Thailand, right? They have quite a few companies that are making uh snacks like chips and crisps made mm-hmm. out of um crushed and grinded up insects. Yeah, but to flour like. Where, where are they going to get the starchiness of it? I think it's not 100% um, bugs, right? It's mixed in with flour as well. So you get the added protein benefits. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So anyone going on protein diet, go go out and catch some grasshoppers. <laughs> deep fry them, like really deep fry them and that's your meal. Natural protein, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, before we end, where are you going to next? Right after the, you know, the borders start opening up. Gosh, it really depends on where it opens up first and whether or not it's safe. It's, 
as much as I love traveling, I don't want to put myself or anyone that I care about at risk. Mm. Um, so I before the lockdown, I actually really wanted to go back to Japan because I've not been back for two years now, and I really uh, wanted to see the sakuras again. Ah, oh, that will be April-ish, right? Yeah, so I was supposed to fly at the end of March. And Next that year. happened this oh. year. It was supposed to be this year and it got cancelled. <laughs> so do you think you'll go there next year? Uh, We'll see. I don't want to really... So the whole reason of me wanting to go to Japan this year was because one of my friends had just moved to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because knowing that some countries were going into lockdown, it meant that there would be, there would be less tourists around the nicer places around Kyoto, like my favorite places to see, um, the sakuras anyway. So I really wanted to go there and experience Kyoto as when I had first experienced it back in, just after the, the earthquake and the tsunami, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where there was literally no one, you know? Um, and I could really enjoy the flowers on my own. But I guess you may get that again next year. I I expect there's going to be like a huge influx of tourists though. I think everyone's kind of like pent up wanting to travel. Could be, could be. <laughs> but I, I, if I'm being realistic, then I guess I would probably go to Komodo to, to um, scuba dive. Mm, yeah. I do miss scuba diving. I guess there's no, there's no virus underwater, so I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or maybe to um, Miyajima Island near and to free dive or something like that. Yeah, probably go for more water sports first. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It really depends. Cool. I guess we'll find out. So, <laughs> where, where can we find you on uh, Instagram? Maybe you can tell us. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, my, my tag is a bit long. It's called, it's Bite the Apple Eve. Bite the Apple Eve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram as well as Twitter with the same tag. Cool. The same handle cool. one. Yeah. Cool. So go follow Yvonne and find out if she actually made it to Japan next year. <laughs> <laughs> or where I would travel next when it's safe to travel. <laughs> true, true. But right. I think for now you will see a lot of old photos. <laughs> yeah, enjoy enjoy her old photos. I enjoy looking at them. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for inviting me. This has been fun. I'm glad you had fun. Maybe we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's all the time we have. Uh, and I would like to thank Yvonne for being part of the show. I would love to have her again next time. Maybe when we have the chance to travel again we would like to hear about her new experiences traveling post pandemic and yeah so gracias to those for listening all the way to the end we'll chat again in no time stay tuned and stay safe adios